This is Juan Sanchez, and you're listening to Section 109 Podcast. Welcome into the Section 109 Podcast. I am your host and producer, Jay Buchanan. And with me, as always, are my two lovely co-hosts. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, as I always do. Well, I will say... Uh, that first off, my name is Matt Coniglio, and you can find me on Twitter at whiskey is fine. Mm. Uh, but I would consider the lovely one really to be my counterpart to my left here, Mr. Andrew Breezy. Fact check true. Uh, my name is Andrew Breezy. Most people call me Breezy. You can find me on Twitter at Andrew Breezy. Not real creative. We have a great show coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about a little crazy action in lower division soccer in America, a uh, surprise appearance from a celebrity. I'll leave that as a surprise. What else do we have on the show, Matt? We are going to cover a little bit of the changes to uh, the, what is now known as the members cup. The NPSL members cup uh, has taken over uh, from the founders cup. And uh, that's going to be an interesting discussion that we'll have for you. Yeah, and then we also have an incredible interview that I promised in the last podcast. Who's that, Jay? Uh, Juan Hernandez e Felipe Oliveira. What? Snaps. It's a, it's a great interview. It's a good conversation. I think you guys are going to like it. Yeah, so uh, let's just jump straight into it. Hmm. The That's So NPSL segment um, easily is already my favorite. This time it's going to be That's So GCPL. We have an interesting um, thing that happened in lower league American soccer, like nobody's ever said that before. But I'm going to pass this one on to Breezy, and he's going to explain. So the Tallahassee Soccer Club, they play in the Gulf Coast Premier League, and they were going into the playoffs. Oh, first season ever, sorry. Yeah, really cool. I didn't know much about them until uh, the story we're about to tell. And they ran out of money, which is a common thing, an all too common thing, unfortunately. In That's lower never soccer. happened in lower division soccer. Yeah. Teams never run out of money. No, never. So they started what most people do now in 2019, a GoFundMe. And they needed, they needed about $4,000. And guess who showed up? Who? You have to guess. Don Garber. No. <laughs> you mean Don Garber wouldn't? Wouldn't send some bucks down to Tallahassee. Mm. What if I played you a little song and might, you might know who showed up. Okay. I don't know. I'm not really good with music. I think you'll get it. Oh. Yeah. Our dude T-Pain. Yeah. Did he buy him a drink too? <laughs> I think he gave them enough money so maybe they could afford some power aids. So basically they were finishing off their, their campaign and they, he donated the last about 1500 bucks to make it so they could have their playoff travel funded and they could continue going because if they didn't get it funded, they might not have been able to go to their games. So turns out T-Pain, the hero that lower division soccer needed. Um, so <clears throat> I've been acting like I didn't know anything about this story, but I just want to drop a nugget on you guys. So my cousin is the director of ticketing for the Tallahassee soccer club. Oh, right on. Never, Snap. never been a soccer guy lived by the guy who started the club. He asked him if he wanted to be on the board. So he joined the board. 
So I've actually known about this for a while. And the moment I saw it on Twitter, I called him. And uh, he said it was probably the coolest thing that's ever happened. When they saw the name, they were kind of like, okay, this isn't real. Like, who's trolling us? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then uh, when he reached out on social media, that's when they figured out that it was real. So big ups to T-Pain. Yeah, hell yeah. That is, uh, that's incredible. And and I've always known, I mean, you know, my he's, my cousin lives there, my grandma still lives there. And I've always known that he's come back and done amazing things in the community. So that doesn't surprise me that he did this at all. Shout out T-Pain. Shout yeah. out T-Pain. Well, I'm going to raise this drink to T-Pain. I will clink. I will clink as well. Cheers, T-Pain. Cheers. So uh, the other day I was uh, on Twitter at work. As one does. does. (laughs) And uh, I was not doing work, obviously. Because my phone was absolutely blowing up because of MPSL Members Cup. Explain, please. What's a Members Cup? Well, I think the difference here is it's not a Founders Cup because the rumor has it there's no longer a founding of anything. Mm. And so all jokes aside, I was pretty surprised by the news. I knew that some announcements had to be forthcoming. We've all seen if we've been active on Twitter that a few teams were rumored to have dropped out or officially had dropped out. So we kind of knew a restructuring was very, very likely, including not just our division, but also the Western division, which lost a ton of teams. But then the fact that they renamed it really surprised me. Um, Do you guys have any thoughts on why you think they renamed it? Uh, I think you said it at the Cause, beginning because we're, we're not founding. We're not anything. founding anything anymore. This is just a, a an invitational almost, if you will, for the members of the NPSL. Sure, ding dong, the NPSL Pro Witch is dead. But one question about that: Is every club in the Members Cup a former regular NPSL team? No, that was yes. Are, are you? Are we talking about current or I'm talking about the because the Milwaukee Turret was. Milwaukee Torrent was previously. See, I was, I was, I was going to go with the Oakland Roots not being an NPS. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's true. But then they also, you know, dropped out. I mean, the, the current members cup is all members of the NPSL. Okay. Yes. And they're not founding anything. I mean, Just, it would have been true in PSL fashion to say the members cup and it'd be like three teams that aren't mm, members. Are you saying that's so NPSL? I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I might be, Matt. <laughs> yeah, so they... They rebranded, they changed names. I still think they could have just gone with Founders Cup because I don't think it would have mattered. Maybe there was, I have a feeling maybe there was some small behind the scenes worries about copyright or something um, that would have forced this move. But either way, they've rebranded. Uh, it's now six teams instead of 11. They they did mention that they're taking the entire, that, so originally the Founders Cup was going to be run by this kind of like quasi separate entity for the the budding of NPSL Pro. And that now that's completely gone. And it's only the NPSL, NPSL running members it. cup is taking everything straight from the NPSL from like NPSL, everything, which Interesting. is going to be also part. I don't know. Consistent is the best word I could use. Yeah, I guess so. And in part terrible consistently mm-hmm. NPSL. Cause it's the NPSL. <laughs> that's the, wor- that's the worst thing I can think of. Like the consistency that we don't want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I will say, um, I'm just happy that the whole thing didn't fold completely. Oh, for sure. So let's talk about the teams that are in it real quick because it's changed literally since last time we podcasted, which was... Uh, oh, yeah. In the last podcast, recently. guys, we said uh, Founders Cup. So. We've got Chattanooga FC in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We've got Detroit City FC in... Wait, wait, let me guess. Ontario, Canada. Hey! 
we've got uh, the Michigan Stars, who are in Detroit Metro, Pontiac area. More, de- uh, we've also more Detroit got, than Detroit? Yeah. We've also got Napa Valley. Hell yeah. Uh, 1839, I believe. Side note, I went to their first ever MPSL game. That's Their first awesome. ever game. Of, it, I was out there visiting a friend in Napa, and he said, hey, there's a new team. I want to go check out the game. Do you want to go? And we happened to be there on their very first opening night. Met the owners, went... To the went and actually had like drinks and food with the uh, team and the owners after the game. It was really just a really interesting coincidence. Really cool. You are such a lower division nerd, and I'm, I'm here for it. I am something. I don't, I don't know if it's good or bad. <laughs> so that's uh, so that's what would we say? Chattanooga, Detroit, Michigan Stars, Napa. That leaves the Milwaukee, Milwaukee the Torrent. Milwaukee Torrent, and the world famous New York Cosmos. I was going to say Harlem Globetrotters, but same thing. <laughs> Never heard of them. Yeah, interesting, inter- interesting situation. Cosmos. The New York Cosmos. When you look at what they're doing and what we may do and what other teams may do, and are they le- killing leagues? Well, their le- the legalities that they are dealing with currently is keeping them at bay, if you will. Sorry, that was yeah. A hot so take. let's talk. Let's talk real quick about some of the information that was released over the past few months on why the Founders Cup has gone somewhere. Yeah. Um, so basically, not there were several teams that pulled out of the Founders Cup because of insurance reasons. And they couldn't um, insure professional players per Nipun Chopra's um, reporting. They weren't able to actually insure regular amateur players and professional players at the same time. You mean like the league policy? Yeah, as a league. Uh, I don't know all the intricate ins and outs, but everyone is saying that same story, basically, that the, they're not letting them do it. The affiliate, um, the, the affiliate, uses the U S soccer affiliate uses a specific insurance provider. That insurance provider refuses to provide insurance for a mix of professional amateur players. So at some point it became untenable for professional players to play at the same time as amateur players and due to many other factors, but that is one of the big factors. Several professional teams pulled out. I wonder how the, I wonder how the U S open cup gets around that. I don't know. Cause that seems like professional players playing against amateurs. It sure does. Doesn't it? Weird. Anyway, really weird. So, and, and any, maybe maybe it was truly cost prohibitive. Maybe when they say they won't do it, it was just like a ridiculous amount of money. But that's the story that you know. Yeah, but the me in this situation wants to jump right into the conspiracy theory. That's <laughs> <laughs> possible. So there there were a couple things uh, that changed on the schedule in terms of the um, we we ended up keeping most pretty much all the same dates. Uh, for yeah, we had three. Uh, well, we we three did change teams. one. Yeah. We changed. Um, we are now instead of being away at Miami in the last week of the season, we're at home against um, Michigan like, Stars. Against Michigan Stars. No, that's uh, that's the that's the second home game. I forget who. We're at home it against somebody matter. at it's, the end. It's somebody. Milwaukee. Oh, but we did. But we did add two friendlies. Who are those against, Matt? Those are against Stump Stumptown Town. Athletic. Where uh, is Stumptown? Believe it or not, is Stumptown it's not, in Georgia. It, believe it or not, it's not in Portland, Oregon. It's in Arkansas. It's actually in North Carolina. That's weird. Stumptown, the idea is that it's Charlotte, North Carolina. Then why didn't they call it Charlotte? That's a great question. Uh, I will direct you to Nisa on that one and see if they get back to you faster than, say... They got back to Napoon? Yeah. Or any other journalist? Pretty much any other or any other journalist. Twitter in general? Yeah. But let's go over the fact that they're already a Nisa team, correct? Yes. Yeah. So when you go, so when you go to the NISA website, I advise you if you're listening to this, go ahead and pull it up 
and look at the schedule that they have. Um, not only is Chattanooga FC on there, but Detroit City is also on there. And yeah, they're in a, gray, and they're labeled as friendlies, of course, but I like to look at speculation. For for you view, for your viewers, uh, listeners out there, the uh, Detroit City FC are playing Philadelphia Fury uh, in a home-and-home, home, kind of like Chattanooga FC's home-and-home home with Stumptown. By the way, fun fact, Stumptown is referring to Charlotte, well, the metro area at least, but Stumptown itself is actually a nickname for Matthews, North Carolina, which is a suburb of Charlotte, kind of in the in the loop, if you will. Uh, and while I don't believe Stumptown is actually playing in Matthews, that's just this, called false advertising. This, this fall, uh, their plan is to move and become kind of a localized Matthews team because <laughs> they're actually expecting, to my knowledge, the Charlotte Independents who play in Matthews try to keep up, yeah. moving towards downtown. Oh, and they want to use, or they're expecting, uh, Mr. Tepper's billions and billions of dollars. Uh, he's the owner of the Panthers, by the way, the one who's trying to get the MLS bid. Yes. He's expecting, uh, either the, the independents to become kind of the number two team, uh, and have a brand new MLS team in downtown Charlotte. And then maybe take over the, take over the complex over at Matthews or like do something out in that area. But that seems to be the rough plan. We'll see if that's sustainable at any metric at all. Interesting. Well, well, Matthews must suck to get the name Stumptown. Well, you're talking about all Matthews in general. There's, there's some, there's like Matthew Coniglio. Yeah. There's some reason for that, but I don't know. It kind of stumps me right at this point. Oh God. Stumptown Coniglio with the puns. No, hit his, hit his drop. That's for your pun. Wait, wow. we don't we don't want to do good things for the pun. Like, well done. See, that's that's the drop I. No, should no, have. that's not how you're supposed to use the drops. Okay, producer so. Jay. Oh yeah. Everyone, everyone's a critic. Yes, we are. So I think uh, that pretty much wraps up the founders and members cup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a confusing web of confusion um, until it actually happens and and it's over with and we figure out <clears throat> the future of everything else. But uh, I think if if you aren't on Twitter, then you probably have a better grasp of what's going on now. I think what matters to me as a CFC fan is that CFC is going to play 12 more games Absolutely. this year. Six of them home. It's going to be really fun. They're all on Saturdays. They're all on Saturdays and they're going to play against other theoretically professional teams. So we're going to see some teams that hopefully give a darn and we'll uh, knock out these next few months in, in the members cup. And then who knows what comes next? Who knows? Who knows? Not me. I'm in the dark. I don't know anything. That's why I have you both on this show. (laughs) So I brought up something in the last podcast, and I talked about uh, an interview that everybody would hear. And uh, here we are. Today we have with us Pipe, a.k.a. Felipe Oliveira, and the midfield maestro, a.k.a. Juan Hernandez. So I'm going to let you guys take away. You guys can ask some questions and let's get this thing going. All right, boys. Well, welcome to the uh, Section 109 podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure. We're super glad you're here. Yeah. So let's talk, uh, let's start talking a little bit of history. We, We all kind of know you guys from your exploits, from your legendary plays on the field, but let's rewind a little bit. Uh, Juan, why don't we start with you? Where are you from originally? I'm from Madrid, Spain. Wow. 
So we're a long ways away from there. <laughs> a long, long way. So uh, how did you end up coming to the States? Did you come to play soccer? And when was the first time you kind of, uh, I guess, moved here? So the story is like one day I just said to my dad, hey, dad, I want to go to the U.S. And he said, all right. He literally said, okay, move your ass. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's a good dad. All right. Uh, well, I guess that's a yes. Now I just have to figure out how to do it. And so I just look online, I look different places, and I found out one of these organizations that bring you here. How old were you at the time? When I started the whole process, I think 19. I think it was not, yeah, it was, I was freshman in college back home. So when you were, was there like a, a specific reason why you decided to come to the U.S.? Like were you, were you with a club team and, you know, maybe you weren't, I don't know, breaking into the first team and just wanted to kind of a fresh start or no, I just, I like to travel. Uh, I wanted to learn English. So I said, okay, the best way to do it was just to get myself involved in a culture. And I knew there was that opportunity and I knew soccer was starting to be big in America. So I was like, well, let's see, let's, let's try it. I mean, I, I like to travel. I want to see what it is there. So when you got in touch with that agency, they basically set up interviews kind of with different schools. No, we did tryouts in Madrid. Then you qualify for some tryouts that we did in Miami. And then in Miami, there were many coaches there watching the games. It was like a one-week, kind of like a five-day week, uh, five-day thing. They would have some training, some games, and so there were coaches watching. And then after that, they give you a scholarship report with which schools are interested in you with how much money, basically. Mm. So uh, as a result of that, where did you first end up? I ended up in Bethel University, Mackenzie, Tennessee. So, Bethel University in McKenzie, Tennessee. Yes. Isn't that, uh, Bethel University kind of sounds familiar. Isn't that not where Samuel Goney played? At That's one where point? Samuel Goney played. That's where we met. Were you guys there at the same time then? Yes. No, we didn't play at the same time, but we were there at the same time. That's part of my story. I'll, I'll go there in a second when we get there. Okay. So let's, re- let's put a pause right here in this particular moment in time. When you were growing up, when you were just a, a little one, Maybe <laughs> maybe 10, 11, 12 years old. Uh, where, I see what you did there. Where were you playing? Were you playing club? Were you playing in an academy? Were you just playing with your friends? I was playing high school. All right. Back home, everybody plays club, but my high school was a big enough high school that was competing against clubs. There's no high school leagues in, in Spain. Everybody mm-hmm. plays club, and there's a couple really good high schools that have enough numbers and the level is good that you compete against clubs. The only problem with that is you could only have kids from the high school so that was a little disadvantage versus some class but the level was so good that we were always competing against Real Madrid or Atletico not the A team but the B's and the C team so it was it was pretty high level still yeah, so it was a little bit like being at a club in the sense of the level you were playing at maybe it, it is a club we train we play it was the same thing just it's on a high school it's the system sorry jumping in but I guess the system ever else a little bit yeah. Like when he says high school, he means like even I don't know if in Spain is the same, but back home you have first to, you know, 12th grade all in the same school. So depends on school. My school goes from five to 18 years old. So it has the whole the whole education system is on the same school. And it's a really, really, really big school. Wow. Very cool. So you ended up here and we're going to get to Felipe in just a second. Start over and make you tell the same story from your point of view. Uh, but. When you end up at in Mackenzie, Tennessee, was that a pretty big uh, adjustment for you? Yeah, I mean, 
when I saw the scholarship report and I saw the places that I could go, I started Googling it even like, doesn't matter. Like, I don't know anything about America, so I'm just going to go to the best offer at that moment. And no, I have no regrets. I just, it was a really, it's just a really small town, so it was really a big shock for me. Really small town in the middle of Tennessee, barely knew English. So I enjoyed it, though. I'm here now. <laughs> how uh, how long did you stay there? Uh, three years. Did you graduate? Yes, I did. Nice undergrad. So how did you <clears throat> how did you end up at uh, Pumas in Paducah, right? In Paducah, in, in yeah. Kentucky. How did you end up? She went from Paducah, Mackenzie to Paducah, Kentucky. Kentucky. Shoot, Bing. Yeah. The home of the na- uh, I think it's the quilting mu- the National Quilting Museum. Is in Paducah. God, I went there for a wedding. It's a weird yeah, place. Yeah, way full of weight. You know more than me about Paducah, really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's only one thing to do in Paducah, apparently. Hey, so. They're the number one fast food, con- I mean, city in the in the U.S. right now. I think I heard that somewhere. I don't, I don't know, know if that's a, that's a good thing or not. But <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, well, long story short, it, I was only eligible to play one year. So the first year at my Bethel, I couldn't play. I played my second year. And then the third year, I play American football just because I needed scholarships to finish my last year. Hang on, hang on. Wait, (laughs) wait, wait. Did I just hear that correctly? Yeah, that might be what I should have said on something that (laughs) people don't know about me. Wait, hold on. Hidden talent. So uh, So you were were the quarterback, right? I was going to say middle (laughs) linebacker. Wait, wait. You guys guys have seen the movie uh, Remember the Titans, right? Of course. He's he's, he's, Yeah. That was my nickname. Oh, my. Of course it was immediately. (laughs) It, It is now your nickname again. Oh my okay, God. let's go with it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yes, I, in between those times, since I was not eligible, uh, there was a semi-pro indoor league in Paducah. Indoor league. Uh, and that was run with two from, who is now a really good friend of mine. His name is Gerardo. So he was running the team and some of us would travel there to play, especially in the off season, because the, I mean there was nothing else to do, so we would just go there and and play, and it it was really really well organized. We were traveling to different places, competing on the semi pro indoor league, which has decent decent level and is really intense. And that's how I started to go to Paducah, Kentucky. That's how I met Gerardo, who now is, as I said, a really good friend of mine. And that's how I got connected there and I start coaching there. So so uh, we just talked about sunshine, but what was your uh, nickname there? Oh, Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> Like every every I I promise you I think if you go there you say Juan Hernandez nobody knows anything but if you say Coach Shaggy, Coach Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> so just to just confirm really quick on the whole American football thing did you uh did you play like I'm assuming kicker like place Correct. kicker yes did you punt at all uh, I told them I was not gonna do it <laughs> why because uh, I didn't want to get hit <laughs> uh, <makes laughs> because sense. I'm like if there's somebody right now I try to tackle them I probably break myself in two instead of touching them or anything. <laughs> You're right. The, uh, what's the longest field goal kick you ever made? Practice sixty yards. Dang! Oh wow! I do that in my sleep. In in games, well, I think it was 40, 30, 30 high high thirties, forty low forties. I, I don't remember exactly. I think it was thirty seven. But yeah, what's, yeah, what's the longest in a game you attempted? Forty five or forty six. Did you ever have like a game winning kick? Like I know like. A lot of kickers in the NFL and college fo- uh, football, you know, they're not the most like decorated player. But when it comes to that game-winning kick, they just go absolutely nuts, and all of a sudden, they're the most popular person in that vicinity for the next two and a half days before everything dies down again. You mentioned you want to have hours. Um. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, no, not really, because that year was a big transition year for the football team. So a lot of the seniors and junior, well, a lot of the seniors were leaving, and we have a really big freshman class. So we didn't have a good year. The next year they did amazing. I think they went into the nationals, but that year was the transition year. So we, I don't, we didn't get too much, too many good moments like that. Wow, the things you learn on the Section 109 podcast. I still can't, I still can't believe you played American football. I'm not going to lie. I saw it on YouTube one time. So I think it was like an interview you did with like a news channel or something. So you tell me about you're that. So, you're so famous, you know. So uh, let's see. Right before we'll get to CFC and then and then let Felipe tell his side of the uh, of the story. So you went, you were in Paducah, Kentucky. How, you were there for how long? I believe it was. A uh, year and a half or two years, and that's when you ended up connecting with your old room, your old friend Sam. Yes, because when I was a kicker that year, I was a kicker. He was there playing, so that's what we never play. Oh, that was the year that he arrived, and then for a period of time, I was commuting to Paducah because I was I started a master's in education at Bethel. Ah, uh, gotcha. Nice. And at some point, you played for Rocket City United in Huntsville. Yes, I think it was 2014. Okay. I believe that was the wasn't it the last year of Rocket City United? Are you, are you saying one killed yeah. Rocket City United? That's not nice. I mean, I did it. It's possible. I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, All different right. things happen. All right, so uh, Felipe, your turn. Uh, where are you from? Originally from Brazil. What part? Belo Horizonte. Where is that? Uh, it's towards the south, south east. It, I guess it's. It, it borders Sao Paulo and Rio. Is there anything like you guys are specifically known for in that city? Just the, the views and this Belo Horizonte means like beautiful horizon. Oh, so cool. it's mainly the mountains and all that stuff, waterfalls. Pretty. That's the reason why I love Chattanooga. It's pretty much like home, you know, some ocean and just, a, you know, mountains and trails and waterfalls and stuff. Beautiful. Who did you, uh, did you play for a club growing up? Back home now. I played... In fact, I think I've only played 11 aside on a grass field twice, three times that I can remember for a club, like for a team. Besides that, I played for school and we had a small school team that we just played strictly futsal. That's kind of the way it is in Brazil, right? Like you don't really play 11 v 11 until you've reached like that maximum age, right? Yeah, usually in around 13 and 14, that's when you, if you haven't done both before, and again, back then, the facilities and all of that, it's, you know, it's not like it is now. So mainly, yeah, you play futsal until you're 13, 14. And right out, I was about to make the jump when I moved here. So when I came here, I was like, where are the futsal courts? <laughs> so when you when you came to the United States, uh, you were roughly roughly 14 years old, like high school 13, age? 13, yeah. Okay. I was going into eighth grade. Okay. And where, where did you move to? Orlando. Orlando, Florida, yeah. And... That's where my mom lives now, too. Gotcha. So you just played your uh, eighth grade season and then high school? and Yeah, so my eighth grade year was to learn English for the most part. I had a six periods in one with one teacher that spoke Spanish and English. So I ended up learning Spanish and then English. And then in high school, I was back in normal classes. And then I played American football, too, and I actually did cross-country my sophomore Wait, year. You also played American football? Yeah. I mean, do you have at and least have a little bit of, like, you know, size to you? You, you look like you hit someone? My mind is blown. We have two American <laughs> football players that aren't from also, America. Also, did you play American football, Jay? 
Yes. You did? Okay. As, so a, as a youngin. I, I didn't. I, I also did not because I ran, right, ready for this? Cross country. There you go. Believe it or not, I tell, honestly, ask anyone on the team if they believe that I ran cross country. And I promise you, <laughs> most of them probably say no, but I actually did. And I actually won a JV race, believe it or not. No way. Not a, not a sprint. No, a race. Usually see me sprinting, but yeah. At, a, at, w- at what distance? Is that at 5K? Is it what, 3 point I mean, something? I, I, I don't three know. Point, I don't know what five. to do. Yeah. Around there. Three point something. Yeah. Point one. Three point one. Yeah, it's three point one. You can tell I don't run. So eighth grade, you you learn English. Um, you know, you're working on like settling in. You go to high school. Where'd you go to high school? Gateway High School in Kissimmee or Orlando. Pretty big soccer program there. Yeah, it was a decently. Uh, again, it was a decent team. We actually had a good freshman class go in together. Like three or four of the guys that came in with me, we played together on a club team and. Again, we when I was there, I think it was my junior year. We ended up taking the team to like district semifinals or not district original semifinal for the first year in like I mean for the first time in since the nineties, I think. So yeah, we had a pretty pretty decent successful team down there, and again, Orlando, Florida in general has it's known for having pretty good soccer players and stuff. So the competition a, was pretty and high. a lot of Brazilians. Yeah, especially in <laughs> Orlando. Jeez. Yeah. So you. You make it through high school. You're deciding where to go. Where did you go to college? Uh, West Florida, where it, Bill coaches. Isn't yeah? I was gonna say, isn't uh, who's Bill? <laughs> <laughs> You're in timeout, Jay. <laughs> Sorry. So, so what was what was the recruitment process like? And when you when you decided on West Florida with with Coach Bill Elliott, how did how did you make that decision? And why why did you decide to go there? It's funny because not to be mean or anything, and, and in a way. I didn't have a choice, but <laughs> at the time, my with my whole papers and stuff, my situation was, you know, I didn't have a student visa. I didn't have, you know, papers to really go to college. So FIU, Tosa, FAU, you know, some decent, because at the time, my club team, we won State Cup, regionals, had won the Disney Showcase. So, like, by oh, the wow. end of my senior year, we you, won you guys were You guys were good, allegedly. Yeah, Real we, good. <laughs> we won nationals, like, our last season as a U18. And, we again, we won the Showcase back-to-back, State Cup, regionals. So, our team, I mean, we had guys go to UNF. We had a player that was on the, um, Nico Melo at the time was on the U17 national team. He had played the World Cup, in, I think it was in Mexico. So a lot of a lot of big time players going to big time schools, or, well, or going it, straight to. It's funny because teams. Yeah, a lot of the guys. So a lot of the starting lineup, a couple of them went to D one schools, but most of us went to D two schools, and all the guys that went to D one schools, except for one or two, ended up quitting or transferring down to D two just because they just didn't really enjoy how things were done. I've, I've, we can talk about D1 soccer and things yeah, like that Yeah, but yeah, later. we'll talk that later. But anyways, that's that's the whole... I ended up going to West Florida because he was Bill was the only guy that really could get me into the school, so... And then... Shout out Bill Elliott. Yeah, and here I am, playing for him. And you, and you played there all, all four years for... Played all four years there, For college. Yeah. So what... Uh, in, the, in the summer, if we can jump ahead slightly, in the summers, uh, where, did, where else did you play? Because you weren't eligible to play for Chenego FC. No, Bill yeah. Bill was coaching here yeah. when you were in college. So my first summer, I played with Orlando City's U20. 
because I wanted to go home. My second summer, I stayed in Pensacola, played with Pensacola City FC, which lasted two games. And then uh, we actually played against Swan and then played Chattanooga. And after the Chattanooga game, we the team ended. Sorry for killing your club. Yeah, it's okay. Wait, which club I, was that? I, so Juan killed Pensacola. Pensacola and he killed? And his own team. Burma, uh, Huntsville? I don't even know where they're from. That's, you're, you're a welcome. savage. You're welcome, Chattanooga. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then even in Memphis, I played for Matt, had coached with Bill and stuff, and then I came here the year after that. And cool Memphis too, put that yeah. one. Shout out to Matt Williams, I believe, yeah. who's now with uh, El Paso. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he was an assistant here, right? Seventeen. Mm-hmm. I was about to quit until he called me and was like, "Hey, do you want to play in Memphis?" I was like, "You know, I knew Matt, so I'm like, yeah, I wanted to play for him." And then Bill was like, "You want to come play in Chattanooga next year?" I was like. <laughs> Yeah, duh. Now, <laughs> now, who doesn't now, want to come play Chattanooga? And now you're stuck. And now I'm here. So both of you guys have made Chattanooga home. One of the reasons that I wanted to have you guys on as our first interview, one of the many reasons, is that you guys are now like one of us. You guys are Chattanoogans now, not just uh, not just CFC players. You both have made the off season here your home. You've made here home, maybe at least for the foreseeable future. Um, I guess Felipe. When did you make that decision and how did you come to that decision? And yeah, how, how did you start? How did you decide to call uh, Chattanooga home? Me and Juan kind of talked about it last year when, because uh, I was going back to West Florida. No, this was 17, right? I was going back to West Florida to finish my my degree and he was going to be coaching there. We're, that's when we first, you know, started becoming friends and stuff and then at West Florida we became close friends and then last summer so after you know last summer sorry after 17 I ended up moving home and then me and Juan you know kept in touch and then last summer we both kind of even before coming we're just like you know looking for ways to stay here we love the city we love people we love everything and we were kind of aware of the transition that was going to be happening and you know it would be just easier for both of us to stay here and we you know we live together everything would be easier so last summer we both kind of started planning it and then towards the end it worked out that we both were able to stay here and, and then we met girls so we're definitely stuck <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> do you have one of those noises that we can do? <laughs> there you go <laughs> I don't know. It could we, also we, be well done. Yeah, we, well done. Yeah, we can yeah, give you one of those. We yeah. actually like you one. <laughs> the, the, well, the well done is for the girls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. So Juan, when you were uh, when you were thinking about making Chattanooga home, uh, what was that thought process like for you? Were you? Uh, it really happens all in the last minute because we were the finish. The season just ended earlier than we had hoped that year, last year, and we were like, hey. Do you want to just come here and leave? Because we knew, as he said, we knew the transition was going to happen and we knew that we wanted to move here anyway. So we were like, okay. And in a matter of one week, we just came back home, grabbed everything, find a place. So everything happened really in one week. We just made the decision, hey, you want to stay? Yeah, okay, let's go. And just you know, found jobs and, and figured it out. And yeah, that yeah. was kind of on, on the way we knew we We'll find options because I was doing my internship and I uh, found a really good place here at D1 to do my internship for the school. 
And he had also his interview that went really well. With Shout Julie out to Subaru. Tim Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Because so, he's all of our friends. So that's that's how it happened. We knew that we have those options. We said, let's do it. We both wanted to be here anyway. So That's awesome. Um, so, Felipe, have you done any coaching in the academy? No. I did a camp last year. I think he showed up one day. <laughs> he was so, sleep, sleeping the rest I of the I showed day, up right? one day. I think I think we're trying to to teach the the young the young kids of Chattanooga in their in their early in their soccer careers that you need to learn skills with both of your feet. So pipe didn't qualify. <laughs> That's why I didn't go. And I slept <laughs> through it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, I have I try to do like a skill training one time, but there was some confusion about kids and also time wise for me and. It just didn't work out. But is this something you're interested in coaching, or is it something that's not necessarily a good fit for you? It's something I've done in the past. It's not my passion. I would do it. I mean, when we have events, and if I'm able to go, I I enjoy you know the time with the kids. And if I was to ever coach, it'd probably be little little kids. But yeah, it's something that again, it's not something I'm passionate about. Now, Juan, you you coach quite a bit. Yeah, a lot. Who do, who do, do you coach in the academy? I have two teams in the academy, 06 girls and 05 boys. What do you like better, 06 boys? Or, I mean, the girls or the boys? You never know. You never say what kids you like better. So I'm not going to say <laughs> Smart man. Yeah, media savvy man. Now, for those of us who don't know what uh, those numbers mean, what is like what is what means an 05 or an 06? 05 are those that, have, that were born in 2005 and 06 were... 2006. So I think the boys right now are 13 to 14 and the girls 12 to 13, if I'm okay. not mistaken. And is that an age group that you enjoy coaching, that, that developmental age group? It's funny because my first team here in the U.S. when I started coaching was an 05 team. And this was like probably six years ago or something like that. So they were small children. There were small children. But then I moved to a different place. They gave me another 05 team. A voice. Then I moved to a new place, and I kept going with the 05 team. So wow. I've been with the 105 age group everywhere I've been so far. So I guess I do. All right. <laughs> I like it. Um, if uh, if you were not a soccer player, would you think you would coach full-time? Yes, and that's what I'm doing right now with the academy and also with Elite Soccer Services. So that's what we do all-time. I do all-time, sorry. Tell us, tell us a little bit about Elite Soccer Services for our listeners. Okay, it's just... Uh, Here's we your do. plug, Juan. Plug it well. Come on, let's go. <laughs> well, people are really happy so far. So that's my plug right there, really. I just f- focus more on the product and making sure the kids are learning soccer on a intense and a professional way with a lot of... We have done a couple of different camps this summer and so far people have loved it. Skills and finishing and goalkeeping camps. Who, so, all, who all is a part of it with you? Right now, Richard Dixon is helping Phil D'Amico and Seca Ferraz. The four of us are kind of managing everything so far. And as I said, people are really happy. So that's kind of what I don't do much publicity. I let people, I, look, I let the work do the talk. Yeah. Um, if, it, you, uh, if you're listening and you have a, have a small child or a, a medium-sized child. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't discriminate. Felipe right. is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> He's still teaching me how to use my left foot. Oh, oh gosh! <laughs> uh, please, uh, you know, check out Elite Soccer Services for all your. You guys your, do your most of your stuff needs. at D one, or do you, or do you guys mobile? D one and, and Highland Park, HBC. or depending on if the kid has a a place that we can use for for their own 
benefit like we use that too as well that's awesome and if you if they want to get in touch with you can they do so on twitter instagram instagram facebook elite soccer services chattanooga and then also we have our website elite soccer services.net all right perfect now felipe you uh you said you're a car guy what do you do now for work i work for at cali subaru for tim cali what do you what do you do there i used to do sales but now i do trade up it's called so i try to get customers that already have subarus to get into newer subarus and lower their payments. Okay. Like, like refinancing and, and stuff like that? Yeah. And again, Subaru just tracks their equity. So whenever the Subaru thinks it's the right time, you know, I send them an email, give them a handout, or try to catch them in, when they're in for service, stuff like that. Pay less for better, basically. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I mean, that's that seems like a good a reasonably good deal. Uh, do you enjoy selling cars? Or yeah. helping trade up in this, in this case? Yeah. I enjoy, again, the people that I work with <laughs> won't say that. One of them thinks it's funny because they're all much older than me. And people ask me, how is it working? It's maybe boring. I'm like, don't let the looks fool you, you know. They they joke around more than I do. And that's what I like, you know, I like about it. And I love the cars. I mean, I drive a Subaru. So working for something you believe in. What kind of car do you drive? WRX. If anyone wants to. Uh, what year is it? Last, oh, it's no, 12. Last year, the hatchback, correct? He yeah. sold me a Subaru too, so. Ooh. You do have a Subaru. What kind of what kind of Subaru do you sell you? Cross check. You guys are such Chattanoogans. <laughs> <laughs> Driving so Subaru. If we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Marry a Chattanooga and buy a Chattanooga car. I'm kidding. Hey, one step at a time. One step at a one time. Step at what a is that well done one? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Got you. We're gonna we're gonna give uh we're just gonna jettison Jay and let him be a co-host and we're gonna let Juan be the producer. Yeah, I'm down with it actually. <laughs> well, if we could trade skills, that would be awesome because I suck. I'm gonna keep mine, but <laughs> I really envy yours to be honest. <laughs> I need uh actually I need you to give him just a little bit of foot skills for tomorrow night in our uh, pickup game. We got we're, it's we're a on a pickup game. game, dude. It's a sorry scheduled league game and what we're we, third right now. We're, we need points. We're on a three game losing streak. So I'll okay, let you all of you guys foot. need to come to Elite Soccer Services. <laughs> <laughs> our, whole, our whole team definitely does. Yeah. I actually, side note, I actually took a lesson with Tommy, uh, Tommy Halsell, Tom, Sal- Tommy Salsa before he moved. Uh, cause I've never, I, I play goalkeeper in a rec league, but I ne- I didn't grow up playing. I just started playing as an adult. So, uh, it's really interesting and I need to take some more lessons. I'm, I need, maybe I need to hit up Elite Soccer Services and Phil. There you go. I think, I think with the job aspect, I, I want to ask you a question about like, um, I know you work for Tim and you guys travel. So like, I really like the way we, we approach some players and give them a job and give them a reason to stay here and, and give them a reason to become a Chatta, Chattanooga, you know? So what's that, what's that experience like, you know, being a player and working there? Like they, they totally accommodate everything for or, you. Or correct? are you at work at 6am the day after the game? Well, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> no. It, and when I was in college, I had to do a project about like a sports team and you know with bill was easy and he worked here so yeah and one of the things that i remember you know exactly how he said it is in chattanooga the way they try to do things as a club it's they want they don't want just players to come in for the summer and jet out of here the next summer and every summer we have a completely different 25 player roster you know so you know he said that him and the board members and the city, the fans, everyone, they want you to come here and be a part of the community. So what they try to do is not only treat you well, but try to get you involved with the community. Again, finding jobs, finding things for you to do while you're here. Yeah. And, but yeah, and 
since I've been here, everyone has been kind enough to work with my schedule, you know, with, again, at work, for example, when I have to leave a Friday or something, they're, you know, they're totally, they get it. They understand. And again, everything was explained in the beginning. It helps that Tim own, it, it's the owner of the store. But even with, with other guys that, you know, Zaka, when he was working at, it was a company that was completely separated from CFC and stuff. And, and he, you know, he was able to work out a schedule with them. So everyone kind of understands what CFC means for the city and they kind of, you know, it, it goes in hand to hand. I think. Like, yeah, I'm in the stands watching this guy get out of here. Like I'm watching the stream later, like leave already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, transitioning a little bit from biographical stuff to uh, on the field stuff. Um, Earlier this year, we've, we've played several big games, but I want to talk about one in particular, Real Batiste. What was that like? What's the best bottom you have there? The most <laughs> party one, I would say. Uh, what would we use? Uh, f- for my experience, I would say, because uh, when we went up one nothing, and I was watching you guys play absolutely incredible, my mind was absolutely blown. Well, just imagine that times 2,000 at least. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's funny because... Still don't really believe it. Yeah. I look at the picture and I was like, holy crap, I was really next to Hesse. Yeah, you're (laughs) one of your profile pictures on Facebook. I don't remember which one is like you two standing next to each other holding Real Batiste jerseys. And the other and the other one is, I think it's Juan standing next to Joaquin and the referees at the beginning of the game. Like, yep. I mean, it's it's a dream come true. Uh, I've been watching Joaquin since. 2006 World Cup, I think he played a main role with Spain. And just imagine, we're in 2019. <laughs> I mean, that's 13 years of a guy that has been playing and representing Spain. I mean, I, I was telling him when we were walking out, I said, thank you for coming here. I mean, you just made it. I mean, this probably is the most important moment of my soccer career. What did, what did he say when you talked to him? He said, I mean, you're welcome. He was really humble about it. Like, you would be surprised how nice and how humble many of the soccer players are really when you actually talk to them but the image sometimes gives something different just because I mean it has to be stressful to be in that position too so traveling all that much always meeting people always meetings always with fans but I mean they're really nice really humble and that's that's kind of what I got out from that situation from that game more it was like they're, they're just normal nice people and that was that was nice you know it's awesome yeah, and it's funny because most of us were like at the locker room trying to get autographs and stuff. <laughs> and <laughs> again, for them, you can tell some of them were probably like, oh, but they still came in and gave us the autograph. And again, like you said, for guys that are, especially, you know, we watch on TV, they're one of the best leagues in the world. One of the, you know, they're. I mean, they were in the Europa League. This yeah, time. I mean, a lot. They, they beat Juan's favorite team. Real Madrid seven days before they came and played yeah, here. And so. they beat Felipe's favorite team too at yeah. their place too. So I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about here. And oh, then we don't have to bring that. And then their biggest honor of the season was winning here at Finley Stadium. There you go. Yeah. Barely. Came back. I mean, they got lucky, but we, we, we probably should have we probably should have won that game. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that was, a, that was a pretty big game. Comunicaciones Municipal. How were those? Great as well. I mean, all of them are... At the same level, same intensity. Obviously, Betis is a little bit higher level than than the other two teams, just because of the level that they play at and everything. But I mean, Comunicaciones and Municipal were really big games for the community. We have a great Hispanic community here in Chattanooga, and the 
the the fact that Chattanooga FC is trying to bring them bring everybody together and include them on their games and going out of their way to to make sure these people also are represented with Chattanooga Football Club and with the city. I mean, it was a great move, and I thought it was fantastic. So, Comunicaciones and, and Real Betis games at Finley Stadium, kind of kind of standard home games with a little bit of a supercharged atmosphere. Municipal at Ridgeland High School at 6 p.m. with an announcer. I was going to say that too. That didn't that shut up. Reminds me of watching And One on TV. Yes, we, we had a talk up in our. Do you guys know what And One is? And One mixtape tour, the basketball. Oh my gosh, we have videos to show you. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, we won't we won't bore the listeners, but yeah. if you're a kid and you grew up here in the '90s in the U.S., there was this basketball tour where they had like street basketball players play against sometimes against good players, sometimes against scrubs, just depended. But it was all like who could dunk on who, who could cross who over. It was all like street ball. But there was a guy announcing the whole time, just a running commentary. He was on the court. He was walking up and down the court with the game, <laughs> screaming into his microphone, a, like a, commentary. It was and incredible. So it, was, it reminded me of that was like the Guatemalan and one tour they were doing. Well, that reminds me of like a literally a radio live stream of a soccer game. I don't know if, I mean, back home, that's how li- the whole blah, 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 just nonstop. I mean, but. I don't know why or whose idea that was. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was going to be a little bit different. Yeah. But, and again, Central South America, to be fair, I, that doesn't surprise me. Espe- I mean, I've never been to Central America, but I wouldn't be surprised if you go down there and see a couple of decent level games with someone talking like that. So it's part of, you know, part of the, their culture. Once again, just like the last podcast, I'll say I wasn't there because I got engaged and I got a puppy that day. There you go. Congratulations. Shout yeah. outs. Do the shot. You, yeah, you guys just both, yeah. do the well done one. one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well Hold done. On. Well done. No, I actually find it kind of feels really good because it's about me. <laughs> Pro- <laughs> producer Juan to the rescue. <laughs> yeah, seriously. All right. So I have a, I have a question. Uh, okay. I have two different questions. Um, I want to know what Juan thinks Felipe says to players to draw red cards. And I want to know what Felipe actually says and does to players to draw red cards. <laughs> What do you mean? So Felipe has drawn two red cards. Uh, one where he was on the bench and he stood up and he had the ball and then he dropped the ball and the guy tried to choke him. Okay, I remember that one clearly. And then another one. Was it Nashville? No, it was here against Greenfield last year, right? I yeah. think so. And then another one where he was on the field and he got another guy to try to choke him. Against revolution. Yes, <laughs> on the field. And neither time, and, th- and this is why I know it was planned, and I, and I want to know what you think he said as his roommate, because he, I know it was planned because he didn't react. He just acted like he just let him choke him till you know, the guy got a red card, then he walked away as if nothing happened. So he didn't fight back, so I know he knew it was coming. You have to say what you think that I said. <laughs> uh, this is a good one. I'm trying to just, just look that. at Pipe. He pisses me off sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> He probably was kicking like low on the low on the ankles. Hey, I'm here, I'm here. Don't step on me or something. You, you guys can't see this at home, but Pipe has the most shit-eating grin on his face right now. <laughs> he is so proud of himself. I mean, I know, I know, Pipe is tricky. So he does the same thing. He's like in the house. He throws food on the ground. Say, Juan, do you throw that down there or something like that? <laughs> okay, that's gonna tie to another question in a second. But no. so, like, like Juan, what do you like? What makes people so mad when they just look at you? Me? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no, honestly, uh, one could probably say it. I, um, 
can't really control my emotion. I can, but I can't. So like a lot of times I'll just start talking a lot of crap. He goes crazy. <laughs> and he takes coffee before the games also. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with coffee. Do you remember the, the slight tackle on the minute two? <laughs> Against Detroit? Oh, okay. Hold on. I was <laughs> right there in the cor- I was right there in the corner with my camera as every game and I remember that and I I'm like it's minute two. Please no red card. Please no red card. <laughs> it was yeah, I mean it was I just like to amazing. stir things up. <laughs> You definitely did it at that moment, man. I've never seen as many people. Like, every single Detroit player was absolutely spitting on the ground mad. It was amazing. I did get the ball and then got him afterwards. But but it, it the, 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 <laughs> you know I don't think there was. Like, I, 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 I was up in the booth, so I was kind of far away. But as I recall, if you got the ball, you might have gotten a tiny corner of the ball. It counts. What counts? And then, and then got... Every single bit of human flesh I mean, possible. Yeah, and the top of his foot definitely went <laughs> to my studs. No, but <laughs> hey, hey, cautioned, cautioned as should have been, and the game moved on. And Marcus Smartsock scored that banger. There and here go. we are. Yeah, he did score that. Banger. Boom. Um, now the other two was just one that they were losing, and the guy was mad. I just got through, literally threw the ball down, and he pushed me, and then I fell into the bench. So it kind of was a little dramatic. And then the other one, I honestly don't know why he choked me. We were we were fighting for the ball. I guess I was like pushing and pulling him, and he got mad. I don't. I honestly promise you, I didn't say anything. I mean, that. it's the NPSL. Like yeah. people, if you, if you don't, if you're not getting choked out once a game, like <laughs> hey, at least you're not in Nashville falling over after somebody blows on you to get a red card. Yeah, <laughs> two of them. Yeah, you're right. Two of them. <laughs> it was it was two of them? Wait. Talking about for Mason. Yeah, for Mason red card. Oh. On the video is so clear. It's 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 actually it's actually hysterical. Yeah. They, yeah. So what's the uh what's the best atmosphere? You don't have to say a CFC game if it's not a CFC game. What's the best atmosphere you've ever played in front of? CFC game. CFC game. Which <laughs> do you have a particular one? I think I know Juan's answer. Yeah. I mean mine is is, is it 2015 national yes. final. Final against who? New York Cosmos. Well, wait a second. Which we'll face in a couple of days. So we're getting ready. It's coming soon. Shout out. Y'all should come to the game. <laughs> August 10th. August 10th. Get your tickets. 7.30. Yep. That was the game. 18,227 people in Finley Stadium. We'll never forget that day. My probably Atlanta United. We had 12. Yeah. So that was decent. And it was, and it's my and first it was game. Rowdy. Yeah. Yeah, it was your first game. That's right. It was your very first. Uh, that was the big tryout weekend where the, a lot of trialists and then old guys kind of mixed all together. You know, it's funny. The first tryout that I've never touched the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and you still made the team? Somehow. Um, all right. So uh, the goal against Asheville. We were. Oh, yes. We were all talking last week, and the, there was a goal against Asheville where Cam cut down the left side, created this beautiful cutback for Juan. Juan finished. And we, we'll actually play it. We, let's just live it together on the screen real quick. Viewer, sorry. Or uh, listener, sorry. Gabby Torres is going to pass the ball down the left-hand side, and then Cameron dummies it through his legs. Beats that slow guy. <laughs> Amazing man. Didn't shut up the whole game. Takes him straight down the left-hand side towards the, uh, the edge of the box. Cuts it back. And then Pipe, you just kind of step over it. And then Juan finishes it right into the side netting. Yeah, so I want to talk about, uh, well, my first question about this play is, did you, Juan, Juan, did you say something to Pipe? Did you say, I'm behind you? Leave it. 
I did without words. He knows. <laughs> <laughs> so did you just have the roommate connection going on? Yeah. And we trained this multiple times, really. And we played indoor together a lot. I mean, and honestly, I knew that when I opened my leg, I knew someone would be there. I, they should be there. <laughs> I mean, also, like... And they were. It looks like from that angle, I mean, you didn't have a great a great angle on it anyway. No, and, and then honestly, like, the way we... I don't want to... Not like it's a secret, but the way we kind of practice it, I knew the other forward was far. So, yeah, I was, knew he was going to be back post. The only other person that would come in, and I knew that because he's... He, he's I mean, you guys have seen it. his position. He's always great. I knew he would read my run. So uh, we're gonna give a shout out to the coaches for that one because the whole week we were practicing runs in the box and little finishing like that, and clearly it paid off. So hey, also shout out Cam, my dog. Yeah, Cam oh, yeah. has been. That's a, that's a great. That's a great dummy. He had a good game there. That game. So shout out Cam. Well done. A lot of shout outs going on. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, you want to you want to transition transition some gears here uh, and get a little get a little personal. Let's do it. You guys ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> so y'all were roommates. Uh, you you're not currently roommates, but you were roommates until a month ago, month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when y'all lived together, who was the clean one, and who was the messy one? I'm gonna say we both we both were pretty clean. Aside from when he's throwing food on the ground, ah, that was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, we I think we were both pretty yeah. clean, and we both well we're always aware of the other person's space, so we try not to leave anything dirty. I mean, sometimes we have to mention to each other, but I, I guess that's a normal thing when you live together twenty four seven. So yeah. I'm always sleeping anyway, so yeah, he doesn't make a mess. <laughs> sleeping sleeping on Xbox Live. no but and i think we had a a great friendship too that whenever things bothered him he would tell me or if he bothered me i would tell him so what was what what was the best part about living together having him one door next to me hey what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) hey it's six o'clock let's go to training okay hey he did train he did go to the gym he was lying before he's been at least five times in his life, and there were five were with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of that, in fl- when you were at West Florida, one, you were uh, coaching, correct? An yeah. assistant coach? Assistant. Did Pipe, did you train with him? Because I know I've seen some pictures of Juan's workouts. He didn't know. He was done playing at that moment. He was actually my assistant, if we want to call it that way. He was a student assistant. So he was. we were working together to make sure everybody everything was fi- uh, was in order for Bill. So that means you didn't actually have to do any any training yourself. No, but Bill would use, you know, because he knew I was coming here. So he would use me wherever he needed or he would if try they, to find If they needed to spare like right back or something like that, you yeah. can fill in. Yeah, or, but he would sit down for the fitness part. <laughs> fitness scam on my Bill, I'm sorry. but Hamstring. <laughs> I'm guessing Juan ran the uh, fitness part and you uh, <laughs> ran the sideline. I made sure everyone was running. <laughs> he did a good job. Yeah. You're, you're my kind of right back where you just like pass the ball up and say, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to be here for when y'all, y'all come there back. You, you attack. I got you. <laughs> ball is coming back for sure, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was the best thing. What was the worst thing about living with each other? For him, probably that. That would wake him up to go to the gym. <laughs> Honestly, some days I'm like, why no. did I agree to this? Actually, the best thing was 
the lunches or dinners. We used yeah. to have like little dates, and he he cooks a really good steak. So. And, and, we, and we were good about that. One will cook lunch, and the other will cook dinner for the most part. And we try to have, you know, a night out eating somewhere at least once a week too together. So that was nice. I guess the worst part is that we were so much together. Sometimes we were like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I am every time I see pipes. So. <laughs> also, it's not a problem of being roommates. It's pipes problem. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's trans- let's transition a little bit, uh, a little bit soccer related. Both of you are originally from outside the United States. Uh, you came here at different times uh, in your lives to live here. When you look at American soccer, in in general. Uh, like, what do you see in terms of the, the system, like, itself, and then maybe CFC's role in that system? Or, you know, like, for a while, we were trying to go a little outside the system. Like, how like how do you see all that? I'm going to let Felipe talk about this because he's going to tell you everything he thinks. <laughs> I'm just going to say pro-rel. Promotion and relegation. Thank you. Yeah, there has to be. Just like everywhere else. It has to be if you want to build a good system and if you want to actually have a competitive country in soccer. Because right now it's only like two teams on the top will be fighting for something at some point on the league. The rest will be just chilling. And if you don't compete all year round and you increase the competition whenever you try to go international, that's why the men's soccer team, they're not that competitive. It's not because they're not good players. They're great players. They're just not used to competing. And when you're not used to competing and you have to compete, you cannot. You train. He said it all. No, but <laughs> Ibra, Ibra said it. I saw it. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm guessing it is because he's crazy. But he's, he said that he's like, you know, last year in Europe, you're fighting for first place or you're fighting not to get relegated. Like either way, you're playing for something. And here, I think it was this season, whatever, their their team was just looking to get sixth place. He's like, I didn't, you know, I don't want to fight for sixth place just to be in the playoff and you still win, you know, be able to win the league. He's, you be want to be fighting for first place or you get relegated. I, ironically, I think when, when Ibra said that last year, his team then had a must win or a must not draw a playoff. Or must must not lose last game of the regular season to get to the playoffs, and then and then they blew a two zero lead and lost three to two. <laughs> yeah, and again, even then you get to playoffs and you're still, and then you've got like ten rounds of playoffs. And then the other teams are just something. competing to see who's going to be the worst to get the first round pick. Who is uh, don't they even not not even pick people in the in the? That, draft that's a very um, that's a very American sport thing. Like I'll say, I'm an Atlanta Hawks basketball fan. Past couple of years. I've been on the tank for Zion train. Let's lose as many games so we can draft Zion. I mean, I, that's a very American way to look at sports. Hey, if we're going to be, you know, if we're going to be terrible, let's be ultra terrible so that maybe we can be good in the future. And that <laughs> you're, you're killing sports. I, I agree 100%. And that it's just so dumb when, when it comes, when it comes to the soccer world, the football world, it's just, it it's so ass backwards that, when we try to implement that ideology, it just ruins the sport, in my opinion. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. Speaking of how, hello, sport. you play to win the game. No, but I, yeah, I think it. You need it. I mean, it creates magical things. Like let's talk about the championship. 
playoffs uh, in England, what's this, like six or seven years ago. Everybody go on YouTube and type in Watford versus Leicester and tell me you don't cry watching it. Tell me you don't cry. And and even, I mean, you look at it, Leicester, they didn't go up that year, or Watford did. Yeah. And, but you look at them now, they're both in the Premier League doing just fine. Why? You get money for getting promoted. Mm. There's rewards. Yeah, you get money to I mean, at least, you know, that that first that first round of promotion, the money you get, you know, uh, the teams have a couple of options. It's spend all the money to try to stay up, or don't spend any money. Cardiff City go immediately down, or the good teams find a way to make that balance work. Yeah, so that they can. The problem with that here in America is that okay, yes, the, the one that goes up gets the money, but all of it is owned by rich people. So you go you get relegated, they lose money. So that's why it's, it's just the system is so close. It's because it's, it's owned about by money. people that, mo- that have money and they don't want to lose money. In an earlier segment, we talked about the North Carolina scene, the Charlotte scene, and you talked about an NFL owner that was trying to buy a soccer club. That is all too common in American soccer and I think is the root cause of everything besides Arthur Blanc because that's just a special spot in Atlanta and I just think that was going to happen regardless. The NFL? The NFL owners purchasing soccer teams. And ruining them. New, New England Revolution. Well, he I wouldn't say he purchased that team. He's owned that team. And and let's be honest, he's like having the revolution been to like four MLS finals and also never won. Like I feel like sl- a slight kinship with them, first off. Yeah. <laughs> also, I don't think he I don't four think times. I don't think Robert Kraft actually own, know that he he owns a, a soccer team. Like let's make that clear. Yeah, he shows up there every now and then. I'm not sure he knows that, that he owns a soccer team. Well, I don't think the fan base does either. Because only twelve of them show up. It's uh, here that you pay to play. Over, I mean, there you have TV rights. You have all sorts of things that, at the end of the season, every team gets paid out a certain amount of money from TV. Here you're paying two hundred fifty mil just to get a bid. Like once you pay that money, you don't you get it. Like you just sits there until you get it accepted. How, how honestly? How big is the league gonna be? Forty teams? Fifty? Yeah. And and I mean, as long as they get the expansion money rolling in. It's like, go ahead, Breezy. As long as those checks keep cashing, baby, <laughs> we're going to keep going. Do you think Do you think the system ever changes? I hope so. It must. If we ever want to win. Yeah. I mean, you guys, no offense, I love the United States, but with the resources you have, money, how do you not make a World Cup in... CONCACAF conference that, yeah. I mean, honestly, Mexico is, in terms of, of money and facilities, I would say, it's probably the closest, right? I mean, Costa Rica has a pretty damn good team. Yeah, but, but it, I mean, it's Mexico. And it's most, I mean, all of those guys play in Europe for them. I mean, in the United States, most of the American guys play here. Yeah. In the MLS. I mean, Mexico, I mean, now it's probably a little different, but even your best player, Pulisic, he wasn't, like he wasn't made here, if that makes sense. Yeah, and he was a really good player in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and he, then his well, family was able to get him. He moved there when he was to Europe because he had an EU fourteen. Actually, to Dortmund. He, actually, he moved to Dortmund when he was like sixteen. And the weird thing about Pulisic is, and the the bigger indictment of American soccer is that the Philadelphia Union and whoever else missed him. Yeah, a, a team from Germany came and found him. 
in Hershey, Pennsylvania and recruited him at, and they moved him and his dad over. I think he was 16, 15 or 16. And they gave his dad a job and they've settled him in. And Probably because he didn't find, he didn't match the standards. So you have to be six this and <laughs> six, this, six foot and 150 pounds yeah. when you're like and make sure you, you sprint yeah. hundred yards in less my, than 10 seconds. That's true. I mean, my coach, when I was looking for colleges, right. My senior year, he, I mean, he's an amazing coach and he, he's, the one that got most of us the scholarships that we got and everything. And he, uh, you know, I asked him about USF. He was about an hour and a half from home. And at that time he's like, honestly, you don't, you don't match their, I mean, I wouldn't even bother because they're looking for six feet tall guys that are just athletic. Their coach literally told them that whoever the coach was at the time. How do you, how do you build a soccer team around just a bunch of six foot guys that are athletic? Oh, it works at the age of 12 and 13. You know, when you when you go for size, it works in the United States. It does. It, it also can work in college if all you're doing is muddying up the game and kicking kicking well, it long, kicking other players right, and, long ball. and running around. And yeah. in college, Physical. you have unlimited subs. So if you have a team full of athletic guys, you're just going to run the other team in the ground in a way. And, I mean, we kind of, with, kind of working closely with Bill, we saw that at universities, for, you know, unless you're at a big D1 school, have a lot of money to recruit. All those guys here. So let's let's switch gears slightly. Still kind of on the American soccer scene. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, with American soccer, it's all these leagues kind of competing against each other for the clubs to be able to join them. And it's not like the rest of the world. When you've got league uncertainty, and we obviously know that CFC has experienced that over the years when we've talked about trying to, to make CFC a professional club for, I mean, we're going on like, you know, roughly four years now trying to make that happen as a player. What's that like? I mean, as players, I'm going to talk about myself because I've been here five years already. So it's, it's a little frustrating because you know it's happening and you don't know when it's happening and some players come and go, but in my case, I made the decision that I wanted to, move to professional standards with the club. Like, I might have the option to go somewhere else, but I decided, no, I just want to do it because I, I really appreciate what this club has done for me. So I said, I, I want to stay and do it with the club. So it's it's been frustrating, but I mean, hopefully it's happening and it seems to be to to be happening soon. So, so you, when you decided to stay, I'm uh, just going to go ahead and make a blanket statement for me and the rest of Chattanooga. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, unlike he said, it's uncertainty. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's right there. You just don't know when. And you don't know if, if you're going to be able to catch that train, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it could be next year, two years, or it could be in 10 or in five when I'm literally we'll be 30-something and it's like, oh, we barely missed it, you know? But that doesn't stop us from trying you know giving it our best now and again we still have to enjoy it as much as we can but yeah I mean, uncertainty is probably the, the biggest problem I, I guess a lot of things in in life even are just come down to timing luck and yeah and you just got to take those moments when they when they present themselves yeah. and when you look at it the, the the other part is if it does happen in the future we may be able to look back and it's like look we help you know, build something that could be great. Who knows, you know? That's, my, that's my favorite part about being an owner. Yeah. 
Same. Being able to say, yeah, you know, I helped a part of history, soccer history. I mean, Chattanooga FC has been doing great things over the years, and this is not going to be anything different. It's not Chattanooga who hasn't decided to move, make the move. It's what we've been talking about is the system. For the most part, uh, people don't follow teams. They follow the leagues. And then <laughs> on the league, they find their home team. But it should be different. You should follow. That's what happens in Europe and Brazil. You follow your team no matter what division they are. So yeah. people are passionate and you go wherever they go. Like wherever you will go, wherever you go will follow. It's, it's kind of that model like in Europe. Like you don't follow La Liga. You follow your team. And if it's in La Liga, you go nuts. If it's in the second, you go nuts because you won them on La Liga, right? Yeah. So it's that pressure is always there. That competition is always there. And that passion, which is the main part why people watch and play soccer, is the passion. It's always there. Let's let's transition gears a little bit. A little a little, a little lighter. Yeah, <laughs> let's go a little bit lighter. Let's have some fun. Before we before we wrap up, because we want to be respectful of you guys' time. You've had a, a long day of practice. You have a, a big week coming up. First, uh, well, when we were recording this, it's the first day back to practice uh, since... Since the end of the the MPSL regular season and playoff section, uh, getting ready for the members cup, and uh, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed your time off and are, are ready to. You were what did you guys What did you guys do for your time off? Anything fun? Uh, Work? We went to Hilton Head Islands with nine of the guys and four of the girlfriends. We just rented a huge house for the weekend, and it was a good time. We have a crocodile as a pet in the backyard, but that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. That's South yeah. Carolina for you. What'd you do, Pipe? I worked, and uh, this past weekend I was able to take off, and we went down to Pensacola. Nice, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So speaking of speaking of some of those teammates uh, that you went to Hilton Head with, but also considering everybody as well, let's do let's do some rapid fire. You both have to answer. And if there's disagreements, we want to no we want to hear reasons and arguments and like. Like right, can we put the list of everybody really quick? So, <laughs> who is the best dancer on the team? Bongo. Yeah, I mean, funny dancing, Bongo, definitely. You mean, how what, wait, 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 wait. So, say we're at Saturday post game, La, La Pachanga. Pachanga. Who's dancing the best? Like the best. Mason. Uh, oh, Mason. Nice. I, I, Mason and Webby, I mean, Mason's. I've seen, I've yeah. seen what kind of what kind of, good moves. What kind of dancing do they do? A type of quick kid Michael Jackson type of thing. Bongo is more like like you saw like at the post game, more like moving and funny moving. Mason was like, "All right, you you got some moves, bro." I only sort of know what Mason was doing, but I guess you call it <laughs> dancing. So, <laughs> shade. All right, who's the best FIFA player on the team? Me. Yeah, him. He, I beat him once the only time I played, but other than that. No, just kidding. We we had a we had a conversation offline. Well, I guess it was technically online about about this. What team do you do you use when you play FIFA? West Ham. And why? Andy Carroll. The best player in the game, I promise you. <laughs> you guys don't believe me. He's like a tall, a little bit more skinny cam when you look at him. You're just looking at the man bun. I'm just looking at the man yeah. bun, you're right. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's Van Dyke can even win airball against them. I promise. Who plays first off? Who plays with Liverpool? They're pretty. I, good. I do a bit. They're pretty fun. <laughs> All right. So, uh, who eats the most on the team? Juan Sanchez. Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. 
Gordo. We all know that. Um, who sits closest to coach on the bus? Who's always trying to get next to coach on the bus, trying to talk himself into some teammate, some extra <laughs> playing time? Juan is vigorously pointing at Pepe. Well, me, <laughs> me and Bill, like, we, I played for him for so long that most of the times that I sit up there just talking about random stuff or hearing one of Fuller's jokes, but... <laughs> So uh, you're saying Juan's in the back, you know, hanging out, being cool. He starts all the party back there, the music and uh, too yeah. old. Uh, that's me. All right. So uh, <clears throat> what's the list of the cool kids in the back? I don't know if how it works on a soccer bus, but I, I can tell you in middle school, the back row is always the cool kids. Let yeah. me start with Felipe goes wherever he wants. All right. <laughs> he always goes to the back, put his back, lays out on the four seat place or the three seat place. That I'm the only right one on the that back. fits. I'm like, it's not fair. You guys lay uncomfortably. I can perfectly lay there. So, so he just goes wherever he wants. <laughs> then I guess Danny, myself, Webby. Mason. Mason. Those were usually uh, the ones that sit around on the back. Bongo. The back. Bongo. I think that's What it. happens in the back of the bus? Are you all taking pictures? Hanging on your phone, playing cards. Or does what happen in the back of the bus stay in the back of the bus? I'm, I'm going to stay with that. <laughs> I got you. Thank you. What is, the, what, is, what is the weirdest thing an opposing player has said to you on the field? And if you can't think of the weirdest, maybe a weird thing that an opposing player has said to you. Felipe has been choked. <laughs> not going to say it. Wait, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. The only thing, is, when in terms of, yeah, I don't... Typical, like, stop whining or, I don't know, depending on the game, everybody has different frustrations, so... The Asheville guys won't shut up. They're number four. Calling us whiny, babies, divers, you name it. Number four, was that for his number or the goals that we four. scored? Hey! Oh, hey. Yeah. Where's the boom? <laughs> uh, right here. You can hit it. Here you go. Oh. You're welcome. That good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's. We want to transition some gears uh, again. We're going to go to some non soccer related questions to kind of close this out. Um, We're having fun. You, you keep asking. We'll stay here. <laughs> Ask, yeah, go ahead. Ask ahead. What's your favorite restaurant in Chattanooga? I think we're going to date. We're going to both agree on the same one Mayan Kitchen. Okay. For sure. Wait, what, hold, up, what, hold up, hold up, hold what up. What makes it? Well, I, I know Felipe's going to say the steak. Skirt steak. steak. Skirt steak, and Rib- I agree. Ribeye. I st- I've, I've never eaten there. Dude, You go. have to go. Please get the skirt Just, steak. Yeah. Okay. Anything in there. For lunch? Oh, shout out. One. I, I know exactly what you're going to say. The queso fajitas? Oh, no. I was expecting you to say yellow deli because you're always there. Yeah, that's his. Uh, that's the, At my kitchen, they have, you know, how the fajitas come with, like, it's a steak, mushrooms, Onions and like cheese smell. It's unbelievable. Mm. And they bring you the tortillas with like sour cream and all that stuff to put on it too. Hey, I'm hungry. I haven't had dinner. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's only for lunch though. <laughs> all right. What about uh, what about your favorite spot in Chattanooga to just chill? Probably the same one. Mm. I like to go up to Point Park. Yeah. Or by the river. Uh, Sunset Rock. I would say that's my favorite. Shout out Lookout Mountain. Yep. They're both on the same mountain, right? Yeah, yeah Point yeah. Park and Sunset. They're all right there, yeah. Uh, what do you do in your free time besides sleep? That's it? That's what he does? <laughs> Eat sometimes. 
uh, usually rest because <laughs> work is physically demanding for me. Playing is physically demanding. So hang out with Summer, my girlfriend, and then shout out, shout out. Where is the well done? The boom. Uh, that, that's the <laughs> well done. Uh, so hang out with her wherever. Usually go to the creek. It's one of the things that we like. Enjoy the the outdoors in Chattanooga. It's funny. Because me and my girlfriend like to stay in, watching movies and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have the outdoor couple and the Netflix couple. Um, is there anything that you guys have ever wanted to try? Like like in Chattanooga. But you haven't had time to do it. I want to go whitewater rafting. Hey, hit me up. I've never done it. I'll we're, take, I'll take you down the Akoi. We'd want to do it as a team, so. Just don't have yeah, you definitely should. I don't have that, time. That on yeah. paintball. So if you want to bring some fans, we we'll do players versus fans. <laughs> Hooligans. Oh, oh, that's a challenge right that's here. Challenge. That's I'm Hooligans. You've been challenged. I'll film it. Sounds good. Section 109, you know what you have to do. Not hurt the players. That's what you have to do. Yeah, Not hurt yeah. the players. Miss a lot. Pretend you're the secret service and get in their way so that you take the bullets. That's going to be your excuse, huh? Yeah. You, you, Absolutely. you guys keep talking we're, we're ready we're aiming already uh what's your what's your favorite non-soccer sport beach volleyball beach volleyball, beach volleyball. that's a good answer it's formula one count yeah. sure yeah. yeah sure of course i didn't know you were an f1 fan who's your favorite driver i really like uh max verstappen i was gonna say hamilton but yeah, it wins for, too much. Yeah, Fernanda, uh, Fernanda well, Alonso. I think, of course. But to watch, I would say tennis. Really? What's R- that? Rafael Nadal. Okay, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> I I play competitive tennis growing up, too, so I do like tennis. Nice. Is there is there a sport you did not play competitively growing up? Mm, nope, I did all of them. <laughs> uh, and then I'm actually going to make this last question two different parts. Okay. What's your favorite TV show ever? Ooh. Ever, ever, I would say they're friends of how I made your mother. Right now, I'm going to say it's like Money Haste, like I said, Papel. Heist. Uh, the, queen, the King of Queens or The 70s Show? Okay. Growing up, solid I mean, answers. Learning English and stuff, I, and I love The King of Queens. So. Are we talking about recently or yeah, were now, kids? So now. Well, I, I was thinking like all time favorite and growing also. up counts. And then I was going to ask like right now, like what are you watching recently? If not, maybe you just finished it. Right now I'm watching, I'm re-watching Money Haste because the third season just came out. So I'm watching it with Summer in Spanish and it's still with Summer in Spanish. So. With, in Spanish and then with Spanish subtitles too, right? No, I have poor girl. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to accuse her. No, but that's that's one of the best ways I learned Italian. I mean, you watch it with in English with Italian subtitles and then you watch an Italian with English subtitles, then you watch an Italian Italian. And by the end of it... You, you, you could make a new TV show too. <laughs> you, learn some, you learn a lot of words. <laughs> uh, what about you, Pipe? Netflix show now? Or or just anything. I like the ranch a lot. Okay. Seen that? Uh, I've not seen it. Because it's uh, what's that guy that was on the seventy show? Uh, Aston Kutcher. Yeah, him and and uh, the other guy with the little spiky hair too. I don't. Kind of looks like not his brother. The other guy with the yeah. I don't know his name. Anyways, there's a couple of guys from the seventy. Like a lot of them are on that show too. So. Is it like a, a reality show or is it like a, a regular show where they have like scripts and? It's just a regular show about. 
literally a ranch. A I'm going to make a family. quick note about something that annoyed me about Felipe when we lived together. <laughs> Listening to the office soundtrack every day, every night. <laughs> he, he will have the office going on 24-7. See, and Felipe says he's from Brazil, but that just points out that we completely ruined him. He's American now. <laughs> yeah. People, with, uh, he likes country too, but a lot of people when they first meet me and stuff, and then it's just like, you know, I like country music and... I don't know. So I, it's I, very Americanized. Some people who know my wife know she's from Romania. We tried to watch The Office together. We we watched like one episode, and she was like, "Turn this off." She was annoyed. She, I, I'm, I'm rolling on the floor laughing, <laughs> and she laughed like three times the entire the entire episode. She's like, "This is the stupidest thing I have ever watched." <laughs> I used to love The Office at the beginning. That it just annoyed me. I was like, "You cannot be that stupid in life." So I, I had to stop watching it. <laughs> I think it's hilarious, and I watch it uh, like. You know, I put it on every night before I go to sleep. And it's just like one of those shows the, for the, you to relax yeah. and stuff. But I'm the show that I actually like. <laughs> and literally, you can hear it from his... Office. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. Well, man, I uh, I think that's all the questions we have for these guys. Can you guys think of anything else? No, thank you guys for, for yeah, coming on the really show. We really appreciate you guys. This is time. We couldn't think of a better way to, uh, to launch the... Section 109 podcast into the world, but then to talk to you, uh, you two beautiful people. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thank you. Thank you guys. And, uh, so, uh, let's do a little shout out here. I'm going to go down the line. Juan, if there's uh, anybody out there who's listening to this and they haven't seen you on social media or on the field, where on social media can they find you? Me as a person? As a person. Instagram, Facebook. You already plugged Elite Soccer Services. <laughs> you guys trying to get two in. Jeez. Uh, Instagram and Facebook. What's your What's your tag on Instagram? Uh, Juan eight M eleven. Awesome, Felipe. What about you? Instagram, but Twitter's probably the best way to catch me. What's your name on Twitter? It's kind of long. F D E O L I V E I R A ninety three. It's pretty much F D E then my last name ninety three. Perfect. Um, not that anybody cares, but Matt, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at. Whiskey is fine. And I'm Andrew. You can find me at Andrew Brzee on Twitter. And for me, Jay, you can find me on Twitter at at J underscore Buchanan. And my Instagram name is letter J. But if you want to go ahead and find the Section 109 podcast on Twitter, even though you're probably reading everything we post already, you can find us at Section 109 pod. Come out August 10. And if, if it's past August 10 and you're just tuning in to listen to this, check Chattanooga fc.com check out the uh the schedule page because it's pretty likely there's a game coming up we got 12 more in the fall about to start anything else from anybody shout out to section 109 I Boom. Think yes.